Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I will continue on the same journey that we have been for several weeks studying and looking up closely the values or rather the foundational values of the kingdom of God. And we have been on this journey now for several weeks. So far, we have looked at and studied up close the value of generosity we went on to the value of godly relationships. And for the last three weeks, we have been studying the value of the Holy Spirit's ministry in the life of the believer. So today, we will look at another of the foundational values of the kingdom of God that carries a tremendous importance in the life of the church. And that, of course, is the value of the written Word of God. The value of the written Word of God. So before we look at our text, let me reiterate once again some of the things I said at the beginning of these studies concerning the definition of values, what they mean to us, especially Kingdom of God values in the life of the believer. I did mention to you at the onset of the studies that we are doing that values are what a person considers to be important, highly valuable, worthy of love, honor, and respect. It is one's judgment of what is important in his life. A value system is, of course, a set of principles or ideals that we highly esteem and consider to be of importance to us. Different people have different values. I did mention to you that in the world that we live in, there are two sets of values, only two sets. One set of values is based on the kingdom of God and the value system the kingdom of God holds, and the other is a value system that is based on a worldly system that is based on the dictates of the natural man, or rather the fallen man. Jesus said that our hearts will always be where our treasure is. Our hearts will always be, or our passion rather, and our pursuit in life will always be where our treasures are. Meaning that whatever we treasure or highly value in life, our hearts will wrap itself around them and pursue those values with passion and vigor. Another way of saying it is that where your values are, there your heart will be also. Tell me what you value in life, 
and I will tell you what kind of a person you are. This is a fundamental law in life. We always devote ourselves and we always gravitate toward the things we value the most. What we respect, we will always attract. That's the law of attraction. Our values, of course, helps us to express who we are, what we believe, and what we stand for. This is important because if we are unaware of or become disconnected with our values, we end up making choices and decisions out of impulse or preference rather than acting in faith and in accordance to what we truly value in life. The true values we hold in our lives are the ones by which we actually live by. If we claim to value something, yet we do the opposite of that, then we actually value something else. If I claim, for example, to value truth, and truth is one of my, I say, is one of my values in life, yet continue to lie, then there is something more important to me than telling the truth. My lies prove that I hold some other value more deeply than honesty. So kingdom values are the foundation of our Christian character and, of course, the foundation of our spiritual maturity. If you examine your life, for example, everything in your life is founded on the values you embrace and you hold dear to your heart. Values determine character and your values will determine your conduct in your everyday life. Values determine also our commitments in life as well as our investments, both monetary and time-wise. What you value, you will always spend time with, pursue with vigor and passion. As you can see then, from what I've just mentioned to you, it is imperative that we hold and embrace the kind of values that will set us apart from the unbelieving and the ungodly people of this present world. We need to be different. We are different. We are born of God's Spirit. We have the life and the nature of God within our very nature. Therefore, we should have a different set of values than what the unbelieving world holds. Are you with me so far? So that is why I've decided to teach on the foundational values of the kingdom of God, what God values. And we must come to a place in our Christian walk that we learn to value what God values that we put value on what is truly valuable as we begin to see things from an eternal perspective rather than a temporary perspective. Are you with me? We learn to think the way God thinks. We embrace the things that God embraces. We value what God values and we wrap our hearts around those values 
because they are eternal and they are values that will stand the test of time and eternity. That's why the Apostle John says that those who do the will of God will last forever. Amen. So today, I want to share with you some important truths concerning the value of the written Word of God. The value of the written Word of God. My text is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 1 and 3, and then, of course, verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So the Bible tells us that the Word is none other than God himself. And in verse 14 of the same chapter, it also tells us that the Word himself became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the scripture here refers to Jesus himself when he's speaking about the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the living Word that took upon him flesh so that he could come into this natural, physical world manifest the glory of God so that we are able to see, to understand, to feel, and, and, and fully comprehend what God is like. Because Jesus is God himself in the flesh. John the Apostle confirms this truth again in his first epistle in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and we bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us. He's also called eternal life. So he's talking about Jesus himself who came in the flesh, and John the Apostle was one of those who have seen him with his physical, natural eyes, touched him, felt him, walked with him. And he could communicate this to us so that we could have fellowship, he said, with the Father and with the Son. So we see here Jesus, the living Word of God, took upon him flesh and blood by being born of a woman so that he could live among us, human beings, and reveal the fullness of the grace and the glory of God the Father, who is full of mercy, full of love, full of compassion and truth. If you want to know what God is like, 
Study the life of Jesus in the four Gospels. That is the will of God, the Father in action. Another powerful person, uh, portion of Scripture that helps us to understand the tremendous value of the written Word of God is found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22. This is what the Word says. My son, this is God speaking to us, his children. My son, my daughter. He's addressing us, the church, the born-again believers. Give attention to my words, he says. Incline your ears to my sayings. Listen to what I'm saying. Do not let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them, that is my words, in the midst of your heart, for they are life. My words are life to those who find them and health to all the flesh. Another translation says, For they, my words, are life to those who find them and medicine to all of the flesh. Isn't that a wonderful revelation? Life is in the Word. Health is in the Word. Strength is in the Word of God. We don't have to, the Bible says, to reach up to heaven to bring down strength. It is near us, even in our mouth, that is the Word of God, and in our hearts. What a glorious revelation. God in us, God with us, in His living Word. So, this is the conclusion we draw. The attitude we have towards the Word and the value and honor we give to the Word of God is the same value and honor we give to the Lord Jesus himself. Did you hear that? The attitude we have towards the Word of God, the written Word of God, and the living Word of God, and the value and honor we give to the Word is the same value we give to the Lord Jesus himself. And also we need to understand why God took the trouble of having this word written down. Many lives have been martyred. So much blood was shed so that we could have what we call today the Holy Bible. The scriptures that you and I have in our hands do we realize what it cost so that we can have it together with us today in, in a written form? People were persecuted. They were martyred. They were killed for just because they wanted to print the Word of God and put it into the hands of ordinary believers. Hundreds of years back, this was not possible. Because even the very church, the Catholic Church, forbid it for, for believers to have the scriptures. Only priests were allowed, or monks. 
What a blessing and what a privilege we have been given today to have the written word of God in our hands. So we also need to understand that the written word of God was given to us to reveal and unveil the living word of God who is none other than Jesus himself. That's how we know what God is like, what Jesus is like by reading. The Bible says that he is all that he says he is. Well, where did he say what he's like? In the Holy Scriptures. So the purpose of my message today is, number one, to give honor and praise to whom honor is due. That is the Word of God. Second, is to somehow inspire you or encourage you to honor and value God's written Word above all else in your life, if that is not what you are already doing. I want you to realize the tremendous value you hold in your hands. So often I believe the enemy just blinds us and we don't realize what we have, what we already, we focus so much on what we don't have. And so often we complain and, and, and grumble and gripe about the things in, uh, that we don't have rather than begin to praise and thank God and value what we already have. As the prophet said to the widow who was head over heels in debt, when she came crying to the prophet, they, he, he, she said to him, they are coming to take my sons away, the creditors. And in those days, if you didn't have money to pay your great creditors, they would come and take your children and sell them so that the debt would be paid. And so the prophet said to her, why do you come to me? What do you have in your house? Check and see what you have in your house. Well, she realized what she had. She valued what she had. And the moment she began to pour out from what she had, she was able to pay her debtors and uh, came into the oil business. So we need to realize the tremendous value that God has placed in our hands the written word of God that reveals to us the living word who is none other than life eternal. God said in his word, in Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, he said that those who honor him, he will honor. And those who despise him, they will be lightly esteemed. Another translation says that those who despise him will be insignificant and contemptible. But God will honor those who honor him, those who honor his word, those who value his word, those who practice his word, those who put his word first place in their lives. So we come to the conclusion. What value can we place on the word of God? God's word is invaluable. It is beyond calculable or appraised value. In other words, it is priceless. There's no price that you can put calculable price with our natural mind on the word of God. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13, happy is the man 
who finds wisdom. You want to be happy in life? The Word of God says, find wisdom. And Jesus called the wisdom of God the Word of God in Luke chapter 11, verse 49. Happy is the man who gains understanding. You want understanding? You're only going to find it in the Word of God. For He goes on to say, For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Talking about the wisdom of God. Talking about the Word of God. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Listen to this. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. As I mentioned, in Luke eleven forty nine, Jesus called the wisdom of God the word of God. He said, therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. So we see from these verses of scripture that we read that the word of God, who is also the wisdom of God, will do the following for those who honor and obey the word. Number one, the word says, it will give you length of days. Length of days is longevity of life. In other words, you won't die prematurely. When you deposit the word of God in your heart and in your mind, that word will give you longevity. And then he goes on to say, not only that, but will put in your hands riches and honor. That's the word. He will also give you peace, which passes all understanding, especially in these troubled and uncertain times that we live in. More than anything else, we need the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding, that no matter what goes on around us, no matter what goes on in the world, we can walk in life with the peace of God shielding us, protecting us, and guarding our minds and our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where is that peace found? It is, it is found in the very words of God. Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. The words of Jesus, not only are they full of life, but they also full of peace. So we can only attain that through the word of God. There are blessings that money cannot buy, and you know that, and I know that. There are blessings that titles cannot attain. No matter how much education you got, no matter how many titles you have behind your name, there are certain things that those titles cannot give you. So as we continue our study on the tremendous value of the word, we will discover many other spiritual, mental, and physical blessings, as well as financial blessings. The departing words of Paul the Apostle, 
Remember, he's been with the Ephesian church for a period of three years, I think, and the time has come for him to leave, and knowing in himself that he would never see the Ephesian believers again, he leaves them with these words. You know that the departing words of someone, they carry tremendous weight and value. You know that, don't you? So he, in his farewell uh, address, one of the things that he says to them in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, is this. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Did you hear that? Paul, knowing that he would not see them again, he entrusts these elders of the church to God, he says, and to the word of his grace, knowing that they are in safe hands. I commend you to God, and I commend you to the word of his grace. And then he goes on to say, which is able to do what? Build you up, strengthen you, encourage you, comfort you, guide you, bless you. That's all of the things that the Word of God will do for you. Not only will the Word of God build us up, strengthen and encourage us, give us whatever we need, but also, he says, it, will, it is able to give you that which belongs to you and lead you into your inheritance. Amen? Many years ago, when I was born again, some 45 years ago, someone told me to write in the front pages of my Bible the following words. This book will keep you away from sin, or sin will keep you away from this book. So I wrote on the front pages of my Bible these words. How true that was and still is in my life. Everything I am today, all that I have, including all that I can do, I owe it all to the living Word of God. That's my testimony. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 17 and verse 4, listen carefully, mark this verse, learn it off by heart, confess it, by the word of your lips, Lord, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. How are we kept? How are we protected from the paths of the destroyer? By the words of God's mouth. That's why Jesus said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by what? by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word of God will keep you. The word of God will protect you. The word of God will warn you. In fact, there's a beautiful verse of scripture in Psalm 119 that says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Another verse says, The entrance of your word gives us light and gives understanding to the simple. You want light? You want revelation? You want knowledge? You want understanding? We're only going to find it in the Word of God. 
And so we see here that God and his word are inseparable. You cannot separate. They are one. He and his word is one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. You want to meet with God? You got to, you got to get acquainted with his word. You want the knowledge to understand what God is like. The only way you will know and understand the Lord is by getting acquainted in his word. He is all that the word says he is. And he can do all that his word says he can do. Amen. There is no knowledge outside of the word of God. Praise God. Thank God for his word. Jeremiah's identity. And his testimony was sealed with these words. He was a man who went through many, many, many trials, persecutions, anguish. And this is what he wrote in Jeremiah 15, verse 16. He talks to God now in his, in his trials, in his tests, in his pain, in his persecution, and in his anguish. And he says to the Lord, Your words, Lord, were found. And I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Wow. What a testimony. He says, I found your word and I ate them. Now he is literally, figuratively speaking. You can't eat the pages of the Bible. But you can devour it through meditation, through study, diligent study of the Word of God. Some folks, believers, born again, spirit-filled, they don't even know how to study the Word of God. They just scratch the service. They just read a few verses and then go the way. You know, the Word of God is like a gold mine. The more you dig, the more you'll find. The more you drill, the more life you will find within those words. And that's why God has given us his spirit to help us understand and delve into the, 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 the word of the living God, the, the essence of the word, the revelation of the word. Are you with me so far? And these words of, of Jeremiah ought to be the testimony of every believer who loves the Lord. The psalmist's testimony was summed up with these words in the book of Psalms 119. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read them to you. The psalmist said, Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. The law of your mouth, that is the word, is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. He would get up in the middle of the night so that he can meditate in God's word. David, or the psalmist, was passionate about the word of God. Let me ask you a couple of questions. I know. I know what you're going to answer, but I'm going to ask them to you. 
if I were to ask every one of you who is part of our spiritual family or house churches, what or who brought you to our spiritual family? And I know your answer would be the same. Primarily, the Word of God which is preached and taught through this ministry. It's the Word that attracted you. If I were to ask you a second question, what keeps you coming back Sunday after Sunday, week after week? I believe your answer would be the same again. The uncompromised word which is proclaimed through this ministry. It's the word that brought you to us. And it's the living word that's going to keep you with us as long as you keep hold of the word of God. Would you say amen to that? Praise God. All right. You find that you are strengthened, comforted, encouraged through the word. You build up, you edify week after week as you sit under the ministry of the word. And this has nothing to do with my personality or my charisma. Yes, God has given me a gift to minister his word, and I thank God for it, that he has honored and privileged me to such an extent to be uh, his mouthpiece, to proclaim the riches of his word. It has nothing to do with who I am, but it has everything to do with the word that I preach and teach. I am merely an instrument in God's hand which he uses to bring you his living word, and I praise God for it. Now, we can only realize the fullness of the value of God's word when we practice it. Did you get that? It's important that you understand that. We can only realize the fullness of the value of God's word when we practice it, when we live by it, and when we give the Word of God the highest and most honorable place in our lives. And that's what James says. In James chapter 1, verse 21, he says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For he says, If anyone is a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, notice what he calls the word of God once it is practiced. It becomes a perfect law of liberty that releases us, that frees us from our bondages, from our shortcomings. It delivers us. It sets us free. He says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Where is the blessing? It is, it is in the doing. It is in the practicing, not just in the hearing, but in the practicing of the word. Let me, uh, hopefully I will conclude in a short while, 
But I want to give you an example or a picture of a man who honors the Word of God, a portrait of a man who esteems the Word of God highly. And that's recorded in Psalm 112. If you haven't studied that psalm, I encourage you to do so uh, and, and study it. Psalm 112 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous, and a good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion, and surely he will never be shaken. That's the man who honors the word. The righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. And he will not be afraid of evil tidings. No matter what evil comes around and the tidings that continue to perpetuate through the media, his heart is steadfast. He's not afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. He is trusting in the Lord and his heart is established. Oh, glory to God. What a blessing to have an established heart in the living word of God. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Isn't that a wonderful, a wonderful picture or a portrait of a man who honors the word of God and puts it into practice? He values it, and therefore he wraps his heart around it and pursues it with all of his vigor and passion. Jesus said, listen to what he says, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought, he said, and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. And then he went on to say, for to him who has, has what? Hearing. More will be given. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Wow. Has what? Has knowledge and understanding more will be given. Where do we get that? Through the Word of God. So we need to pray, folks. We need to pray for God to give us divine hunger for His Word. Lord, bless me with hunger. I want to be hungry for the things of God, for the Word of God, for the spiritual things. James says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. The healing of the soul, the healing of the emotions, the healing of memories, guess where it comes from? It comes from receiving with meekness 
the implanted word which is able to save and heal and restore the soul of man, our minds, our emotions, and straighten out our will and align it with God's will. All of those things come through the blessed word of God. And finally, I want to read you one more portion of scripture as we close. God instructed Ezekiel in the Old Testament to eat his word. Listen to what he says to him. Son of man, eat what you find. Eat the scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly. Fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. And that's what the psalmist said. Your word, your words are sweeter than honey. Now he's talking figuratively here, you understand. He's, he's telling him, son of man, devour the words that I'm giving you. Let this be your life. Let this be your diet. And listen to what happened in verse 12 of the same chapter, chapter 3 of Ezekiel. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from his place. Notice what happened when he ate the word, the Spirit lifted him. You want to be lifted up by the Spirit? The Word is full of the Spirit. You can't have the Spirit without the Word. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they are life. I want to encourage you, devote yourself to the ministry of the Word. Meditate in it, feed on it daily, not just sometimes. Listen to wholesome, anointed teachings of the Word of God. Fill your spirit and your mind with words of life and health. You want healing? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22 tells us how. It's a prescription of how to receive. Incline your ears to my sayings. Pay attention to my words. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and health to all of the flesh. Heavenly Father, thank you for the tremendous value of your precious word. Thank you that you did send your word, who is none other than Jesus himself, the living word. And your word says in Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from the destructions. Thank you that there is healing and deliverance in your precious word. And thank you that you had, have sent the word. We have it. It's not far from us. It's in our mouths and in our hearts, the word says, that if we believe the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was raised from the dead and confess him with our mouths and believe in our heart we shall be saved. Deliverance is near us. Deliverance is within our reach. 
healing is within our reach and that's found in your word. We appreciate you. We love you. Give us divine hunger for your precious word, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.